This is the United We Stand podcast from Fulham Away. This podcast is brought to you by Improve Easy. Improve Easy are helping United fans across the country save money on their energy bills by installing home improvement measures such as free solar panels, free boilers and free insulation. All you have to do is text the word EASY to 60777 to see if you qualify. There's government funds there. Go for it. That's the word EASY, E-A-S-Y, to 60777. Why not give it a go? You might be missing out. Stood outside Fulham. There's a couple of hours to kick off. The rain's just stopped. Hopefully it'll hold off because I'm selling United We Stand. With uh... Nice one. Thank you. Stood with Barney, who um, sells Red News. And uh, it's nice to stand Fanzine with my friend, Fanzine Brothers. Long time we've done this. Barney, Manchester United, fantastic at the moment. How are you feeling about shit. today? I was going to sing a sit- shit version of Holly's You Ain't Heavy, but I am. Sorry, Andy, uh, my mojo, I don't know, is all over the place. So I said to you, where have we gone from February to this? But I'm more intrinsically um, backing Ten Hag than prior points that we've reached this. There are issues, there are problems. We've all, even the doubters, you know, last season when we were all a bit giddy, carried away as we get, um, were saying where's the tactics, where's the style of play. But if we're really talking about sacking another manager 15 games into a new season, I think then we may as well be damned. And it's about, we know United screwed on so many levels and it seeps down, but I think it's about what club are we and want to be. Because if we become just that never-ending cycle of sacking managers, then I think we're, we're more doomed than I thought. So I liked he came out fighting. I'm not giving up hope. Anything could happen. And if they do down tools, then that's another set of disgraces. I, n- none of us know, do we? Anything could happen in the next few weeks. But I just think if you could eke out three results, gives you the international break, then it could turn the other way and we've got another Ollie situation. But here we are again. And we are putting it on Ten Hag, really. So... Centre groundswell for sacking him. I think what you say echoes the views of of many. There's not that much appetite, but there's just the worry that it spins out of control. Yeah. And you know, if he lost his next six games, yeah. I don't but know what is out of control then. You know, like the club's in free fall. Yeah, we're, we're, with a strategic review that is just you know, Nearly that we'll, a year then, since then we'll have our own fights and usual splits about the what comes next yeah but what are we you know like how can it spin it we're not we're no longer title contenders we're never going to be relegated so do you reach bottom that we can reach before you rebuild and then thinking last night if we did get relegated oh i'd love it go all these new grounds (laughs) (laughs) a 50-year revival we're on the anniversary but no like you know in all seriousness oh uh, the 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 biggest damning for me i said this on our podcast is that it's just bland football and and i've reached an age i have seen it all that I want to see yeah, good you. attacking football and I want to be entertained. F- oh, yeah. Good you do the Fulham fan team? I think some of your must guys are going to be. Yeah, that's uh, right. Good luck. Okay, oh, sorry, sorry. thank you. So I'm recording a podcast here. Can you tell us what you're doing here? Because this is an 18th minute protest yeah. against the ridiculous ticket prices today. Yes, well, the ridiculous ticket prices that have been on the increase yeah. for a couple of seasons now is sort of yeah. a Premier League tax yeah. for Fulham fans. Yeah. Uh, and season tickets are an OK price, but yeah. the direction of travel is the increases every year. We'll see another 20% next year after an 18% last year. And that's quite dangerous. We're seeing Fulham fans, traditional Fulham fans, being priced out. You're seeing a lot more tourists in the ground or away fans sitting in home ends because... 160 pounds a ticket today so in that's, the Riverside that's stand. The middle, yeah, I mean, that's 
it. Is that stand open, by the way? It's partially open. It's taken five years to build. It's, it's like the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona. It's never, <laughs> never going to be completed, is it? It's, uh, they've built Everton's ground quicker than <laughs> we've built <laughs> one stand. stand. But, you know, it's going to be lovely. But it, And we're fine with that being used for high pricing and hospitality. And it's really the horseshoe of the Hammersmith end, the Putney end, and the Johnny Haynes stand we're really, really worried about because we're seeing those incrementally increase quite a bit over the last few years. Do you think this is... Is it coming from your, your American owner? I've seen him try, try to justify it a couple of times. Is this an, an affluent West London thing? Is it because you know when Man United play it, you've got the tourist market? There's always been demand uh, here. And, and I'm totally with you, by the way. I completely support what you're doing. And I'm a little bit surprised because we've had a decade of prices being pretty stagnant. I sense there's going to be an uptick now, inflation, whatever. But here seems to be the biggest problem in the league. Well, you see, I think the thing about Fulham, and Fulham has always been this way, that it's a easy grind to get tickets to go and watch Premier League football at yeah. if you're coming in uh, from overseas or you just want to see a football match. And that's great in terms of filling the grind if you're the management of the club. It's not great in terms of a long-term sustainable approach in terms of building a next generation of fans. Yeah. Because what you don't have is those people who may come, like me, I first came to watch this uh, side in 1997. I wasn't really a Fulham fan, but I fell in love with the place because it was cheap tickets, it was easy to get into the grind in the lower leagues, and I've fallen in love. And that's the way you build it. I came in 97 myself for the first time, stood on the big terrace, the opposite end to here. Yeah, Hammersmith end. Yeah, yeah, just to see a game. It's, it's an amazing place. Yeah. And it's a lovely place to come. But, it is. But that is also part of the danger that you price out fans who are going to be there for the long term when we are in the lower leagues again. Yeah. Because, you know, we're not like United. We can't guarantee our place in the Premier League every year. Uh, so we need to build a club which can survive in the tough times as well as the good times. Uh, is the club engaged with the local community? I was thinking about this last night. Where are, where are young Fulham fans coming from? And you said season ticket prices are pretty decent. What is a season ticket in the Hammersmith end? So my son and I, we sit yeah. in the Johnny Haynes stand. Okay, and it's so about that's a, the main stand. And he's 16. Right. And it's about a grand for the two of us. Right. Okay. But his has gone up 50% in the last year. Right. So it's recent, ri- recent big rises. Recent rises, yeah. So, I th- and you know, the thing that gets me, though, last year in the FA Cup when you guys knocked us out, mm. remember that horrible yes, game do. when we went I a bit do. nuts? That, where, where you played really yeah. well. Until well, when we got to that stage of the FA Cup, we made more money through TV mm. rights from that competition and awards from that competition than they will with the price increases right. in the grind. So, it's, so that's the point. They're not gaining it, it yeah. commercially. What they are doing is potentially killing yeah. the model of attracting a next generation into the grind. Yeah. That's a dangerous thing. We have no problem with them bringing new partners in place, whether they want a new um, you know, pub partner or a new florist partner. Yeah. That's fine. We've always been like that. And that's fine. Yeah. But don't wreck the model, yeah. which makes us sustainable yeah. in the tough times. Yeah. How is the Man United game different? Do you see, because this is like, is Liverpool the same category as Man United? Is this like your AAA platinum yeah. or whatever? Yeah. And, and it's the tourist market who are coming. Are there any Fulham fans who would only come to these big games or not? Is it, they're just going for the tourist market? Yeah, I, I suspect there's a lot of, um, for want of a better word, tights. Yeah. who buy Fulham season tickets yeah. uh, and you see the grind much busier for some of the big games yeah. than you do for others yeah. and that's again pricing out fans uh, and also creating potential tension in the home yeah. areas yeah. but United are a massive club Liverpool are a massive club um, you definitely see an increase of 
attention around these games. What I would say, though, is even for Sheffield United at home recently, a family of four in the Hammersmith end who are just buying tickets for the day, Mm. whether they're members or anything, so not season tickets, we're talking well over 200 quid for a family of four, so two kids. That's not right. Yeah, Yeah. that's not right. This is, you know, that's not on a Wednesday night. It's a Saturday in the rain, over 200 quid. How can you do that if you're coming three or four games a season? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's impossible in the cost of living crisis. And yeah. not everyone... OK, you look around this area. Yeah. These oh. houses are a couple of million quid upwards, OK? Yeah. yeah. This isn't traditional Fulham fans, no. though. No, you I, know. I, I've, I've stayed in Hammersmith. Um, yeah. you, there's estates very close to here, isn't yeah. there? Exactly. And, and so you know, where are traditional Fulham fans from? From all around from, this area. Yeah, okay. And I live down in Surrey. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, the Fulham fans down there. But we are... You know, we are not a massive club. Yeah. You know, we compete with Chelsea and others and a lot. United down this neck as well, yeah. you know, and, and other big clubs, Liverpool as well. Um, and we just need to make sure the model works for the long term. Yeah. I wish you good luck today. Um, a little bit on your football. Marco Silva seems a decent coach. How's Andreas Pereira doing? I'm just, I cannot believe you guys let him go. He is better last season than the vast majority of people in your side playing in that position, I have to say. And I'm not just being unfair. I think it's true. He was a energetic blast of positivity last year to our team. He's had a poor start to this season after an injury at the end of last season. Um, but he played well against um, Ipswich on uh, midweek, though yeah. they did have make 11 changes to make it easy for us. And he played well against Brighton when he came off the bench. He's a top player. I just, I just don't understand how players like that are let go when you see how good they can be under a great manager like Marco Silva. Tell you a little bit of family history from myself. My uncle was once Fulham's record signing really? for twenty thousand pounds. Who was that? It's called Charlie Mitten. Oh, amazing! And he moved here, and he played um, the Johnny Haynes era, that sort of era. What an era that was! So he moved from Manchester United down to here, and um, so I had family who grew up around here, and uh, yeah, he. he um, he finished his career here. He played in a in a really good team. Jimmy Hill was here as well. So he would have been he would have been yeah. behind the scenes. At the club. Yeah. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah, he moved here because. Um, so him and then Best, George Best played there, didn't he? He's always got a bit of cachet Fulham, yeah. hasn't he? Tell me finally, I've got a good mate who's a Fulham fan, and he tells me this term Fulhamish. Fulhamish, yeah. What does it mean? Fulhamish means so. Uh, you know, a typical Fulhamish moment would be we're 2 0 up, cruising, yeah. and then we let three in the last two minutes because right. we fall apart. That's very Fulhamish. Okay. Okay, so it's a way that, you know, uh, my son and I go to all Northern Ireland and Fulham games, yeah. home and away, yeah. with a flag which says, um, when you want to go, we just never there. expect, always believe. Okay? Right. And it's because with Fulham fans, the Fulhamish could happen, and what you expect to happen could fall apart very, very quickly. And that's the reality. And we, 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 are, we, we don't expect to win every game. We're not like United. You guys are a massive. You have we the ability. But it's mad that you guys think you, we are the favourites for today, yeah. given what's happening. But Fulhamish means that we could be 2-0 up today and you could still come back and win 3-2. And finally, finally, is one F in Fulham still going? Is the independent you, you, well, fan David culture Lloyd, going here? I, I, it's, it's, there's definitely independent fan culture. It's become more... Um, sort of a digital media yeah I'm so David Lloyd and yeah. uh, there's only one F in Fulham was an absolute legend he re- released a great book of the highlights re- uh, a year or so ago which is well worth anyone having a look at but you know independent fans are what keep Fulham, Fulham going and they've been behind the planning for this protest really successfully including a great podcast called Fulhamish 
I will publicise your protest. I totally agree with it. 20 years ago, I paid, along with another fanzine at Manchester United Red Issue, to have leaflets like that printed for a game at Coventry away. Red cards, and we all held them up. We paid for 13,000 to be printed. And it was something like, it's too bloody expensive. That was in the 90s. Yeah, it's, it's, we got seven now. guys in these today, and it's right. expensive, but it's worth it. Lovely to see you. All Keep doing what you guys are doing. Thank you. Hold the ball. Um, I'm with uh, Luca. Luca, a lad came up to me last week and told me proudly that he joined the Manchester United new youth supporters club, and that one of the lads organising it was called Luca. And I thought, I know Luca. Tell me about this. I've not heard of it. Yeah. So uh, recently, we've just started the Manchester United youth supporters club up. Um, Am I a bit old to get in it, Luca? Yeah, it's 16 to 25, unfortunately. Okay. So tell us about it then. People who will be listening to this thinking, what is it? Should we join it? Well, yeah, so obviously traditions over the years with um, scoreboard paddocks, and we just thought it's lost a bit of life over the years, and especially having the exec end in it, which fortunately the club um, are removing next year at the start of next season. So, yeah, we wanted to build a bit of community back up again with youth and, you know, have some of the same opportunities that, like, you and my dad did and meet your friends for life and meet people you're going to travel the world with and watch United. So, yeah, we started the Youth Supporters Club. Um, one so of our... you have to have a season seat, you have to have a membership. You need to keep talking. You don't need a membership or a season ticket to join, obviously. You can go to Moisk Official, MU... Uh, YSC official on Instagram uh, and Twitter and you can sign up uh, with the link in the bio you don't need a membership or a season ticket but uh, there's options to put that in I, idea being potentially next season we'll have our own section in the Stretford end where the execs have gone for 16 to 25s can you dispel rumours that this isn't a new emerging hooligan firm this isn't a new uh, emerging hooligan firm but uh, <laughs> your dad said he's disappointed there I think it's great what you're doing I don't think there's enough younger fans at the match and yeah, good luck with it thank you very much Andy. United was done reaction. Sorry, United was done podcast reaction to uh, the game against Fulham. We're on our way back now. I'm going to ask for a sensible voice first, Neil, and then Tubbs, you can come in. But watch your language, yeah. And I'm going to go from there. Uh, reaction to that, please. Uh, 
Absolutely delighted. I've always said there's no better way to win a game than uh, late on. And it's better being shy, which we absolutely were again, um, and getting a late winner than not doing so. Yeah, d- delighted. And it, it makes it for the trip home. And, you know, we, we, we weren't good and we haven't been good for about 15 out of 16 games this season. But... What was you get a late winner like that, Crystal Palace in the League Cup. Would it surprise you to learn that I think Ten Hag is the third quickest manager to get to 50 wins? It, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> third, did you say? Something like that. I, I heard a stat the other day, apparently. The only time United have lost two league... No, the only... T- Wait, one minute, the sun's in my eyes. <laughs> Let me get ready for this, Blackie. Actually, he's the joint fastest to get to 50 wins. They are. Ten Hag's the joint fastest to get to 50 wins. He might be, and I I hate slagging him out. I genuinely hate slagging a manager. However, he's also... I I like slagging him. He's also... Apparently, I heard the other day, the first time since 1963 we've lost two games, more than three goals to nil at Old Trafford in a week. And I know that in isolation that might seem like a shit start. However... When you compare it with all the other things, apparently we've now lost more games under in the last ten years uh, at home than we have done under the twenty-six years <coughs> under Fergie. And again, I appreciate that's not just ten out. Is that right? Right, that's the various other managers as well. But so we can play with stats, right? I get what you're saying. We can play with stats and everything like that. And you do make obviously. Well, Andy was doing the podcast. But if we're doing no, he asked he asked for ten minutes reaction from from loyal fans, uh, but I couldn't find any, so I've, I'm using us lot. <laughs> I said the words fans. I won't ask you. Well, he does now. Yeah, I'm joking. Right, bringing his back to it. We can talk about those stats, and we can talk about all sorts of stats. But maybe the more important stats at the moment are the fact we don't look like we can score a goal in 90 minutes. We've scored after the 90 minutes, and that was because they wasted so much time. If we were being honest today, that was that was not only poor. That was. It was just abject. I, I, I absolutely abject. Of course, it was. And like every, every game's at best against the lesser teams were a 50 50 shot. So, like Brentford, we, we were down and then we scored the two late goals, which was great. Against the bigger teams, we're not even close to them. And, you know, it, I don't know where it's gone wrong exactly, like, because, it, like, last season, Ten Hag, he was. He had that much goodwill that we shipped seven at Liverpool and six at City. No one had any doubt how good a job he was doing, but this year, like I say, we played well once uh, against Crystal Palace and we've been absent. Maybe Arsenal away, actually. We were unlucky not to, you know, Ganacho gets given that decision. We don't get the benefit of many of those decisions, but that aside, we've been dreadful. The biggest thing is... I was saying to the lad who stood with in the game, like, we don't create chances ever. A game just drifts and it passes us by. And we don't we don't seem to pepper their goal. Um, I think the other day, um, they were saying on Talk of the Devils, like, they read out the goal scorers and it's all like Anthony 1 in 17, Rashford 1 in 10, everybody. Nobody scores, but maybe the odd defender. But what do you think for me? You can usually see some sort of something where you think oh you know he's trying to do this and it's not working blah 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 but for me there's just nothing at all I said it before we scored the goal there's a lot of nothing and what I mean by that is there's nothing terribly bad going on I appreciate you can run a bus for our midfield most games but 
generally speaking, you know, we set up as a decent formation, we've got decent players, and in theory, we should be all right, but it's just nothing. Pass the ball, it pass the ball around the back, round the midfield, and nothing happens. I, I swear, like, a couple of years ago, I, you know, the likes of Pogba, I was like, they're, they're walking about on the pitch and not trying, but I don't, if you look at when Anana saved that penalty against Copenhagen, the reaction of the players tells me they do care, but you watch the way they play and the fact that we don't move in packs and we're all stood still waiting for something to happen. So that goes back, doesn't it, to coaching? Yeah, it does, yeah, yeah. We look like a badly coached team at That's, the moment. I, I, think, I genuinely think as well, this is probably the first team in a while that look like they are struggling because of the manager and I appreciate everyone had their opinion on Solskjaer and blah 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 I'm not going to get into past managers but I think at least under past managers there was something of a I'm not going to use the Sky Sports analysis of all there's no identity but it's true there's nothing fucking there's nothing there that gives us anything it's like what are we trying to do I genuinely what is this 16, 17 games this year I genuinely don't know what we're trying to do we're just saying then uh, we haven't we've not won a game once this season by more than a goal yeah. and you'd be hard pushed to find a single game all season other than Palace against their reserves where we'd actually definitely you could say categorically we deserve to win the match yeah. other than that game there's not yeah, one yeah. You, you, the Wolves game at home we were shit Sheffield United away we were shit every game that we've won we've still been shit and today we were shit and you to sort that out until they get rid of nerds the, 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 the biggest problem I mean the biggest problem in tactically at the moment they have no threat going forward and every time we get the ball around the other team's 18-yard box, within 30 seconds, someone's having a shot okay. on our box. Because to get the ball in the middle, and they just literally, I've never seen anything like it. Every game, three, four times, someone gets the ball on our box and runs in a fucking straight line, straight to our fucking goal. And it's just beyond belief. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Straight in a straight line. And yeah. it's not once. It's not once every now and then. Every it's goal. three times every, every match. Okay. So let, let, let's just... Let's put it into perspective here, right? Dalla, Maguire, Evans, McTominay, Ericsson. Yeah, Paul. Right? Not one of them, and Ericsson may have done in his day, but it's not. It's no longer his day. Not one of them are getting into any other top ten sides. Of course not. But I wouldn't blame the defenders, and it's not Casemiro, it's not uh, Ericsson and McTominay, because... They're not the ones who have been playing there regularly, have they? Ericsson's played the, a few games, to be fair. But Tomlin's not played in that position very often this season. I, it's I, a tactical thing. No matter whether they play Casemiro, whether they play Amrabat, every game, three, they have three at least three goes where someone runs 50 yards in a straight line and they have a fucking shot at I, our goal. I also, off our own attack. I also think, every game. I also think that it's a bit of a lazy argument to say oh it's all the club's fault I appreciate everyone knows the fucking downfalls of the players and I'm not going to get into that but the manager has to take responsibility for the players he's got after the players he's got are his fucking players and what he's getting out of him is shit it's well, genuinely shit there's obviously the argument that the manager should not and it, and it is definitely correct the manager should not be buying the players no proper football club in the country is ran or in the world is ran where the manager picks his own players that's why that's why that's why that's why we're in the position we're in because the manager keeps buying the managers well, keep not, being allowed no, that, to buy their own did, players to be fair that worked back in the day like Alex Ferguson but that's when 
he knew all the best English. All right, let's. Well, so the game, the game is definitely right. more advanced. Yeah. Than yeah. Well, yeah. Amrabat's yeah. Amra, 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 Anyway, yeah, he is. Uh, uh, that's that's completely beside the point. So the manager, so, the so man, we couldn't the get anyone in then, could we? But the manager wanted to buy Amrabat, so he's only got him on loan because we had to fucking screw up over the line. Which again, like the subject saying. It's, the structure of the club is ran so badly but the manager should manager 100% takes responsibility for the performance on the pitch uh, and 100%. United, United but there is problems above him but you, the, 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 whatever is happening with the Glazers that is not a fucking excuse for them to be able to run 50 yards straight down the middle of the pitch three or four times a game every game and we can see the same goal week after week you have to set up different if you, if you, you have to change it you can't just be so stubborn to think oh that's the way I want to play it's not fucking working. They're scoring three goals. We conceded three goals at home four times. But we're pumping a we're pumping a ball now into a centre forward who isn't that sort of player. This, this is this is the point. The manager, as much as it, there's problems above, if the manager was getting every decision right for himself, and there was problems above him, then you can you can you can accept what's going on on the pitch when the manager's getting it right, but he's also getting it catastrophically wrong most weeks. So it's both of them. And to be fair, when he comes and says. He refuses to do a press conference, and then when he's questioned, he says, "Oh, sorry, I can't play the way I played at Ajax because of the players. Half the players he brought in, and then he gets questioned on it. It's like, oh well, I'm trying to play the Man United way. What the fuck is the Man United way at the minute? That used to be four-four-two, wingers bombing forward. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. yeah but four-four-two yeah, doesn't that's work what, now. No, I know it doesn't. That's what I mean. Because other that, people have you, changed. You, this might get cut, but the, the Glazers are the cancer of the club. But just because you've got a cancer doesn't mean if you get AIDS, you shouldn't get rid of it. <laughs> that might well can be we important. Do you know what I'll say as well? Ultimately, well, we can't get rid of it, can we? Because if, if the new owner comes in, just one sec, we're talking about Jim Radcliffe coming in and he is buying 25% of the club, which gives him no say whatsoever well, to executively I mean, overrule anything if, that they say. If you were to believe what's come out this week, and it's the most slapped ass thing you can expect from our club, is that the fans are fucking crying about some man who's ready to invest who's got 25% share, if he was ready to invest £250 million of his own money straight away, why the fuck are people complaining that's more than any man has ever invested in our football club in their life? That is pathetic that our fans are turning their nose for that. But he's not going to, is it? But it doesn't happen. How do you know? Because 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 he's got a track record with Ineos of fucking over his workers in Grangemouth yeah, he's got an outrageous fucking reputation. You're not a fan and of his at all. I'm not a fan right? of his at all, but, but, no, because but, but, he doesn't, but, he's never but, been to Old Trafford in but, 10 years. Beside, he's got a private jet, he's got a private helicopter, but and he doesn't want to pay a fucking penny in tax. Well, and he wants to sit in Monaco when he was born in this country, and he won't pay. Well, they're all cuts. Whoever's going to buy us, you're going to have that problem with that. No, we don't want someone That's absolutely beside the point. If he is willing to do you might you might say that's not going to happen, but if it was. Oh, he's done start, some wonders in Nice, hasn't no, he? Well, the top of the lead on what's the game this is, that's a load of bollocks. They, you look at the infrastructure. Racket, what he's done I'm not in fucking sports. talking about that, right? If what people are fucking turning those up this week, oh, he's only going to invest to. You, you say never said you, that. you say it might not happen, but what the fuck do we have the right to turn our nose up at a man coming in and putting 250 million quid of his he's own not money into it? In. Yeah, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not, that's he's regardless raising, of the point of whether he's going to do it, it or he's not. He's raising it through American banks. Right, so he's still putting it in, isn't he? No, he's What's borrowing right? it off our country. He's oh, borrowing it off our club ass. again. So he's not borrowing it. No, well, why not back the Glazers then? Because they did the same. I thought the whole idea was he wasn't borrowing it. I thought, well, well, if you read, he's going to the American bankers today. Then we're back in the same position. You know, I'm never not out of the same position because we've left the Glazers in control. And still the debt is there. 
still he, he, there's mismanagement right from there right to the bottom like you know on the football side of it we've got I was saying before the uh, we've got we've got two recognised strikers this year um, the f- first well we had a man who did score for four months and come on loan at the end of last year in Vegas not a single Premier League goal and not a single Premier League goal from as much as I like him Hoyland's coming so we're in November and our main striker over the two strikers in eight, nine, ten months not a single Premier League goal there's your problem the defence I don't think that Maguire's like that's down what, the list of the problems that, that, that's what I was trying to say before I don't want to say style of play because I hate the analogy but there's nothing it's literally like at least with Van Gaal, he'd keep the ball, he'd keep possession, he'd pass it around the back four. And it, it was terrible. It was the worst football I've ever seen. But at least he'd keep possession. Whereas we're trying to keep possession, doesn't happen. We just fucking hoof it forward. There's a, there's a striker who looks decent in Ireland. He does look no one fucking running forward. Really sorry for him, mate. We I, don't I, play to his strengths, do we? No, of course we don't. We, you should be putting crosses in Farrell. We saw him score two great that, goals. That, was never, that wasn't his game. Previously, the, the game was getting them in behind and, yeah, and, and finishing, these, and they're not giving him the ball. Well, we we now what we're supposed to be doing. We're, we're just putting the ball up to his head. Oh! It's like they, they did exactly the same thing when they had the khaki. They go, "Oh, he's a big man. Let's just pump the ball up to him." That's not how you. That's not how he, he was ever used before. So why are we now bringing in someone that's been used but, in a way that's worked? But, and, like, but is that not maybe? That? Maybe that's what Ten Hag means when he says we're trying to play up from the back. So that teams press as high, and then so, that, so no, then not, we can do it. Well, he, he, we're not good enough to do it. To be fair, he did he did play that way. I had to use Haller for the same thing. Yeah. He pressed, and he and when when he got pressed too high, he'd play the ball up to Haller, and Haller would bring people into the game. But again, it, but Collins is a twenty-year-old kid. He's not. A, he, and also, he hasn't got the players who keep the ball long enough to do that when we're playing out from the back. And, and the, the other thing with Hoyland is, I like Hoyland, I think, be, I think he will be a good player if he's used right. But when you've got a front four of Ganacho, who is head down and run, Bruno, who is just chaotic, and Anthony, who just, I don't know, I don't know what to say about that. But your, your whole team is chaotic, and then Hoyland is just as equally as chaotic. Although he might be good, he is chaotic. And you told, I, I, I know, some won't agree, but Martial come on. And he's got a bit. At least he's got a bit of composure with the ball. He'll keep the ball and he'll pass it to someone uh, and bring someone into play. That. I'm not sure. I'm not saying. I'm not saying Martial's the answer whatsoever, or that he's a better player. But there has to. The t- our team has no composure. Can I just? We, go we need back. at least one player who has a bit of composure. I think Martial is the poster by everything that's wrong at United. Maybe in the last so. 10 years. But Martial's not the point. It's the point is that. We don't have any composure in the team up front. That's why we consistently give the ball away. Can I just go back? We never, we never retain possession. Let me, let me we just never go sustain back. attacks. And it's all because all the, all the players up front are so chaotic. Apparently, someone who can control the ball, keep it, be a bit more fucking tactical with the ball. It's, but that would not be Martial. Like, but, he's but, 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 but that, but is, that is that is one benefit he does bring is that he is composed on the ball. Right, shut up, you twats. Apparently, United apparently playing this passive football from the back. We're the worst of the top six, whatever the top six is these days. We're the worst this season at playing fucking long ball. We played the most long balls out of the top six all season. Because I I think... Oh, fuck off, Jeff Shreves. No, I, I, like I say, I hate doing the stat shit. But that game in whatever the pre-season game was, where Onana was giving it big dick and he got fucking lob from the halfway line, he made himself look a twat. I think his bollocks went after that. 
And after that, it's just been like, all right, I need to be a bit more reserved. In, in fairness, we can take a good player and make him bad. Anyone that comes to us is worse than we sign. Absolutely right. And for managers as well. We take a good manager we and we'll squeeze though, we? it out of him. We haven't taken it. I would say he's the only manager who has come to us on the back of doing well at the last club we was at. No other managers come to us on the basis of doing well at any other club before. No, but they've all started well and then just drifted away. Maybe so. That, but that from Mars, but, but no, no, no manager has come over than Ten Hag and done well at the previous club he was at. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah. Or ended it on a good note. He is the only one. And no other manager other... No, well, no other manager has left United and done well afterwards. Who's so, Jose at before us? Was he at Chelsea? Madrid? Oh, he was Chelsea. Yeah, right. yeah, that's right. But, yeah, I think... Mourinho is a weird one, wasn't it? I think we were not, we, we tied, it was unfortunately time where Mourinho was obviously a fucking unbelievable manager. Probably had him three years late where football evolved a little bit. The players, the people he was managing, became a bit more I don't know, they weren't they weren't what they were when he was managing into Milan were they where they were a big hard men. He was a good were prepared to run through walls for him. He now he's now got the modern player where he, he, he doesn't like them and they don't like him so it's never going to work yeah. the worry is now we've tried every single style yeah. of manager there is yeah. Mourinho with his big bollocks fucking Van Gaal will come in with his tick and tack keeping the ball Ollie with the culture Ollie with the culture every single style we've got now Van Gaal with the Ajax but, but, but United, United as long as the, as long as the structure is wrong United are playing the lottery with managers and hoping to get someone that works yeah, yeah. Liverpool have done it they did it for years they've been shit managers the structure above it's shit and they bought in Klopp who just happened to be fucking so good that yeah. they've got away with it And but as soon as he leaves they're fucked they're yeah. absolutely fucked again yeah. Right, well, we'll, we'll draw it to a close there as, as James's mouth is getting worse And we'll go and get him a bar of soap Who's James? <laughs> so, this is James is the with it. So, Right, well, that's, um, that's a bit of an, uh, an, an addition to the United Stand podcast um, Nothing like a late winner And I think we'll take that as a positive that, um, Sounds like we lost, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it feels like we lost halfway through that podcast But um, enjoy the week and let's uh, safe trips to Copenhagen and let's hope for another win. Uh, um, sound technical issues with this podcast, it was just the way we had to record it straight away after the game. Until next time, goodbye.